Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, hey, hey. 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 Hey, hey, hey.
Hai hai. Hey. Oh man, I love I love the stragglers. I love the stragglers. Um gets funnier and funnier every week. So, um guys, honored to uh honored to be um, you know, serving as we've been doing for many, many weeks now. Um, and, uh, I, what I want to kind of talk through is a couple of things today, which are, you know, some, which I, I, I need us all to focus on, uh, because we are, the end of the year is going to come faster, uh, than, than we all think. Can I get an unmute and a yes, if you agree with me that the end of the year is going to come fast? Yes. 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 Okay. What, what, what makes me, what kind of frustrates me is when people enter a new year without a clear plan, right? And so what I, what I want to first talk about is a study that Harvard Business Review did on some of the most, like a uh, very, very successful people. Um, with an average net worth of $13 billion, um, which was really powerful, this study that they did. Um, and where, where do people who've achieved that level of success, where do they focus? Where do they spend their time? What are they actually doing throughout the day? So I'll share the big aha from that and how it ties into um, the concept of annual planning, right? Um, and, and right now, like all of us need to walk away with, like, we have to enter 2022 with something on paper more than a goal. So if you're taking notes, like write this down, it has to be more than a goal. Last week, we talked about turning the word goal into commitment, right? If the word goal has been overused by you, it's time to stop using the word goal. And it's time to start using the word commitment or something different than the word goal, right? Commitment is something you have resolved to do. A commitment is something you have actually resolved to do. You've already made sense of it in your mind, right? People can have the goal of jumping out of a plane, you know, with a parachute. Commitment is, okay, let's talk about when that's going to be scheduled. Let's talk about how I'm going to mentally get prepared for this. Let's talk about who's going to go with me. Let's talk about what month in the year we're going to do this. Let's talk about what companies are the most reputable for us to work with for this. Can I get a yes that everyone understands the difference in that example of a commitment and a goal? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Right. Completely different. It's the, it's what happens after a goal. (laughs) Right. It's like, okay, now let's actually coordinate all of this. And quite frankly, I mean, that's when your stomach drops. We're talking about taking the leap. Well, taking the leap is actually, I mean, it's after the goal is set. It's, it's okay. Let's actually do it. Let's actually put the pieces in motion. Let's get this done. Right. So let's talk about this, right? What, what, where do these most successful people spend their time? Well, in the study that Harvard Business Review did, they studied these, these 
CEOs and leaders who are doing, on average, $13 billion, uh, I, I, actually not net worth, that was the size of the companies that they were running. <laughs> and the lessons taken away from this, I was mind boggled. I spent this weekend actually looking into some of these studies. The biggest takeaway from this study was the concept of personal agenda. Personal agenda. What does that mean? Well, the more successful people on this earth, they spend more time on their personal agenda than others. Pretty simple. So let's break that down. What does that mean, right? Well, personal agenda is actually, it sounds selfish, right? But it's actually not at all. Personal agenda are the things where you can serve greatly. Think about that. Personal agenda is the things that you have resolved to yourself you will do. Not other people will do, you will do. So here's an example of personal agenda, right? Think about it like a lot of a lot of people who listen to the Breakfast of Champions, you run your own business. You are the CEO, right? And if you are the CEO of a business, an example to use here, but we're all CEOs of our life, so this applies to everyone. You are CEO of a business, you are responsible for everything, right? Everything. You are responsible for everything. That doesn't mean you have to do everything, but you're responsible for everything. So as a business grows and you go from just you doing stuff to now you plus someone else doing stuff to now you plus 10 other people doing stuff to now you plus 40 other people doing stuff to 50, 100, 200, it becomes more and more important that you focus on your personal agenda. This also applies to those of you who have large families, right? Like Glenn, for example. You, if you have a large family, you are surrounded by everyone else's agendas, right? Combine that with business and you could end up living your entire life living for other people's agendas. So the actual key in this study, it showed is to get your personal agenda back to reclaim your personal agenda can i get a yes if this makes sense yes 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 yes, yes. okay Re reclaim your personal agenda what does that actually mean well there's a way to look at this but at the end of the day most people spend 5% of their time on their personal agenda. 5%, meaning you enter a day, a week, a month, a year with a plan. But when we look at your calendar, you are not spending time on the things that are going to be the needle movers for you. You're just not spending the time on the things that are going to be needle movers for you. So the first piece of this is actually just determining what are my needle movers? I always say this in business, right? Some, you know, if, if you work with, you know, high ticket clients, which 
you know, a lot of people do uh, on Clubhouse, meaning you, you charge a lot of money for clients, there can be client problems. So I'll give you a quick example. Like, what is a needle mover? Is a needle mover rolling up your sleeves and going to put out a client fire? That's option A. Option B is redesigning your client fire putting out process. Okay, option B is way, way, way more of a needle mover than option A, right? Rolling up your sleeves to do anything is lower value than creating the system in which that will be produced. So that needs to be factored into your personal agenda, right? So the goal is to spend a lot of time, a lot of time on your personal agenda. And the actual key, the keystone habit to this is some form of a weekly planning habit, a weekly planning habit. So there needs to be some way that every single week you enter your week with a battle plan. And this doesn't need to be some, you know, crazy, like intense scheduled thing where every single priority of yours is pre-booked in your calendar. It doesn't have to be that way. If you're more creative and, and all over the place like me, I need pillars. Like I, I don't need everything to be in my calendars come Monday. I do need to make sure I have pillars though. Like Bill will be spending time on this, this, and this until these three things are done. Bill will not be spending time on anything else. So in order, once we've determined where we need to spend time on our personal agenda, we then need to delegate, right? We need to get away from the things that steal us from our personal agenda. Number one way to get stolen from your personal agenda is email and social media. I'll say it again. You could come into your week with a plan, have all these priorities set and exact. These are my needle movers. These are the things that I must focus on. This is my personal what? Agenda. Yeah, this is my personal agenda. Right? And then, does anyone see that it could be a problem if the first thing you do when you wake up is you open up your inbox, first thing you do when you wake up is you go and consume social media, the first thing you do when you wake up is you see other people's agendas. Does anyone see that that could be a problem? Absolutely. Yes. Right? So it's not enough to have a clear personal agenda if we then don't design our environment in a way where that personal agenda is protected. Another interesting piece of this. So we have to, we have to find a way to get away from email. We have to find a way to get away from social media. We have to, now I'm not saying get away from it if it's intentional. Like if you choose, I am going to go on social media to do X even if it's just for entertainment or just to consume posts, great. 
be intentional about that. Say, like, okay, I'm going, I am choosing to go on for X reason. That's completely fine because at least you're conscious of it. Right? Consciousness, I mean, is, is the solution for so much. Once the, the human subconscious mind is so powerful, as soon as you're conscious of something, I mean, the, the, it's like the mind can filter out the things that are not going to serve you. Like Larissa was saying, let go. This is why meditation is such an important thing in my life is it's not about changing the, the, you know, the negative thoughts you have. It's just letting go of them, just letting them kind of float away. Right. It actually causes more anxiety when you go and try and change, you know, your, your, your natural thinking processes and stuff like that. Yeah, just let it go. And as soon as you're conscious of it, just trust that your body's going to discard the things that don't serve you. You can do that same practice and apply it towards social media addiction or email addiction. The bigger your personal agenda, the more clear, the easier it is to say no to the things that distract you. So, I mean, I get no notifications on my phone. I get no text message notifications. I get no email notifications. I get no social media notifications. I've, I've unfollowed every single person on my uh, Instagram. I follow, my, I, I follow two people, I think, on my Instagram. I have, I've unfollowed every single friend of mine on Facebook. I get no newsfeed notifications from anyone on my Facebook. I choose what information I want to consume. If I want to see information from someone who is I'm friends with on Facebook, I will type their name in. I don't need to randomly gamble with whatever was posted that day. Right? So I never get text message notifications. I never get email notifications. I get no social media notifications. Every single thing with communication in, in my life is offense. I have to seek it. Pretty aggressive. Not when we have autoresponders set up though, because I'm clear about it with my team. I'm clear about it with everyone. Right now, think about how funny that is. Someone who spends, you know, now two, $200,000 a month on Facebook ads and and advertising for our business doesn't even consume social media. No, that that's that's right. I create, I create social media. Right, like in next week we have a big event with Damon John of Shark Tank, and we just got uh, Jordan Belfort, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, confirmed for our big event that we're doing next week virtually. By the way, if you click on my profile and go to um go to my Instagram, the link in my bio, I put a $1 ticket thing in there uh, for anyone who wants to attend that next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Um, it's it's going to be off the wall. 
Um, but yeah, that links in my Instagram bio. If you guys want to see my interview with my live interview next week with Damon John and then, uh, the Wolf of wall street, Jordan Belfort. But the point is this, I spent, you know, for that event that's happening next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I spent all the time like creating that event. And now we're going to go spend hundreds of thousands on ads on that event. Right. So I, I couldn't have created that event. We couldn't have worked with Jordan Belfort's team and Damon John's team and set up all this stuff if I was consuming social media all day. I'm thinking, what's going to get people's attention on social media? Everyone see the shift there? Can I get a yes that everyone sees the shift? Totally see the shift, Bill. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, yes. Quick, and a quick question for you, Bill. I just went to the boot camp link, link and it says for, like, it says lawyers. But do you think that it's beneficial for? Uh, I would say for the Damon John and Jordan Belfort interview. Um, yeah, you know, you guys can tune in for that. I mean, he's they're not going to be giving lawyer advice. They're going to be talking about business stuff. So that's just marketing. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because as soon as you were like, click the link, be a part. I'm like, instantly happening because the bill's putting something <laughs> together. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, right? So what Glenn just said, like, this is, like, you guys know that, I mean, if those of you who have tuned in for quite some time now, you guys know what we do with virtual events. I, I mean, I've, I've told you our numbers. You should be freaking funnel hacking everything we do. You should be copying our funnels. You guys should be on our email drips. You, you should be literally copying everything we did in the legal industry. Created a you know, freaking eight-figure business doing this stuff. So, so you know, stop. <laughs> with, with all due respect, everyone, stop questioning, like, like, get, like, stop questioning and start copying is something I learned from one of my mentors, right? Um, so, so, but I'm going to continue on this thing, personal agenda. What is your personal agenda, right? And you can't be on that personal agenda if you're constantly distracted. Okay. The most successful people, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, they spend 28% of their time alone. These most successful people who have aligned on their personal agenda, they spend 28% of their time alone. That's hard. Picture that. 28% of their work time. So I want you to picture this. Eight hours a day, right? Let's just say it's eight hours a day. That would mean over the course of four days, four days, an entire eight-hour day every four days is completely alone. That means over four days, if you were to divide that up over four days, two, 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 that would be two hours a day alone for four days. Pretty powerful. Why do they need to spend time alone, people who are running $13 billion companies? Personal agenda. 
I spent all day. I read this study. Yes, I, I read this stuff every weekend because I, I don't <laughs> I have no one in my family teaching me how to be, you know, a, a CEO. Um, so I, I'm desperately seeking information on this topic. I spent almost I spent five hours yesterday alone planned out our entire 2022 annual plan, which is going to be the next topic I'm going to go into. I'm going to explain how do you create an annual plan that's bulletproof? Because everyone needs this before January 1st, 2022 hits. Everyone needs this. Who needs this? Everyone. Everyone. Clarity creates courage. It's not enough to say, I'm going to do X million next year. Woohoo! Okay, how did that work last year? How did that work before? I'm going to do X million, and here's exactly where the revenue is going to come from by source. And here's exactly what my resource plan is going to be. And this is exactly what's going to come from events. This is exactly what's going to come from a sales team. This is exactly what my organizational chart is going to look like next year. Who's responsible for what, right? Completely different ballgame. The way you do that is alone. Sounds interesting. Why does it have to be alone? Because there's a concept that I learned from one of my coaches. The difference between strategic thinking and strategic planning. Completely different things. Strategic planning is oftentimes mistaken for yeehaw conversations about all these things we could do. Strategic flow, we're strategic planning. We're talking about all this cool little stuff we could do on social media to blow up our companies. Or we're talking about all the blah, 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 blah. I'm here to tell you, you already have enough information. You already have enough brainstorming. It's time to decide. I was talking with one of... uh this this private sales consultant that we work with for 120 grand a year and i was talking to him yesterday and uh and (laughs) he was like he was like bill you need to decide i was asking him all these questions about like oh but what you know what's a reasonable conversion rate on this what's a reasonable close rate on this and what's how many leads do we need in order and he was like dude you need to just decide just decide. Just say the close rate's going to be X, and let's build a plan for X. The number of leads we're going to get is Y. Let's build a plan for Y. The number of sales we're going to do a huge in-person event next year, primarily for law firm owners. We're 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 looking to get I don't know between a thousand to two thousand in a room, and we're planning out like okay, how many sales do we want to make for that event? So I was asking them all the math, all the math, all the math, all the math. Finally, he was just like, dude, why don't you just set a goal? And I was like, all right, can we do 12 million from this event? He's like, he was like, change the can we to we're doing. Everyone say that out loud with me. We're doing. We're doing. 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 We're doing. We're doing. And then insert. <laughs> insert whatever you're doing <laughs> after that statement right completely different way of thinking 
could we do? Is this possible? Is this realistic? Is this blah, blah, blah? this just happened to me yesterday? My my mind was spinning all day after this. I was like, Whoa. dang. How how much money and opportunity and people have I not helped because I was questioning whether something was possible when I should have already committed to it and figured out how to make it possible. A lot of us are wasting time trying to find data to convince ourselves what's possible. Then we'll commit to it. What if it was the opposite? What if it was we commit to something that seems impossible? That's actually a sign that we should commit to it. Can I get a yes? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. What if, if if we feel it's impossible? Okay, let's let's sprint towards that. That that is telling Glenn and I had a call the other day, and we were talking about uh, some social media stuff. And there's and there's stuff about social media ads that are really hard, right? And we were talking, and and we were like, yeah, gosh, isn't the, isn't this what makes it such a big opportunity? Social media ads and and funnels and all this. Stuff. It's so hard. There's so much stuff that has to go right in order to run a good social media advertising campaign and funnels and to make money through the internet. I mean, it's, it's hard. And then most people give up because it's hard and they go the organic route and they say, how can I spend no money on advertising? Right. And, and just build an audience that way. And that's cool. It's just slower. Right. So there's a huge opportunity there. There's a huge opportunity and anything that's difficult on the surface is something you should sprint towards because you know for sure other people have given up on the things that are difficult on the surface. So if you ran a social media ad campaign or something and you lost $100,000 or $10,000 or $5,000 or $2,000, you should be sprinting towards that going, whoa, there's something here. If I lost at this, the first time there's well, that means all of my competitors probably lost at this and I should figure this out. That's what Warren Buffett calls a moat M O A T a competitive moat. The harder something is up front, the more likely it can be profitable on the back end. Think about that. Sure. So, Bill, in the last, like, um, I guess, when did I get that thing posted? Three, three o'clock yesterday from what you and I talked about. So, in the last 16 hours, I have lost about $1,600 with zero conversions, and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm learning. I'm learning. It's costing me money right now, but if I wasn't, if it wasn't costing me money, I, it wouldn't be so urgent, right? It wouldn't be so urgent for me to learn it. So I appreciate that conversation. I know right now that this, I'm paying the dummy tax that is required for me to learn the process, and I know it'll pay off in the end. So appreciate the the conversation. You definitely have got me rocking. Yep. Yep. Same thing happens. I mean, things get worse before they get better, right? Those of you, you know, you want to get away from sales. Like as you scale your business, you don't want to be the person responsible for sales. I will tell you this, hire a sales team. Things will get worse before they get better. Delegate your marketing. 
Okay. Do Facebook ads for the first time. Do whatever for the first time. It things will get worse before they get better. The question is, will your commitment outlive the loss? Right? Will your commitment outlive the loss? This is why you need goals. One of the best things I ever learned from my buddy Grant, you need goals that are like insane size. Like you got to be waking up. Like I woke up at, you know, not as early as Glenn, but I woke up at five this morning and immediately my eyes are just like, bing, like wide open. Like, what do I need to learn today? Like, as you guys know, we did some really big moves at our company um, this year. And our goal next year is 17.4 million, right? And, and, and I'm making commitments aligned with that. We did our budget plan, which I'll go into next is our annual plan. And, and what are the key things to decide on? Decide on what on? Decide. Okay. We're gonna go through that in a second. Well, I'm, I'm waking up this morning, my eyes are like, bing, like, hold, like, uh, my bu the budget for this plan is like I have to spend $1.2 million a month next year on payroll and marketing and on average. So I'm like, dang, this is crazy, right? I, I have to learn. I mean, if you were to see like just the books I bought last week, I have just last week I bought 11 new books. I read three or four of them this weekend. Like speed up the way you guys read books, okay? Listen to it on, on really fast speed on Audible. Pull the book in front of you. Get through a book in one hour, right? So like when I read books, I do it very unconventionally. Like I, I, I listen either really fast on Audible and I'll, and I'll go through the book to try and find the two or three gems from the book. I'll, I'll read, before I ever read a book, I'll, I'll go on Google and I'll read book summaries. I don't need all the stories and all that crap. Like I need the, the gems, right? So I'll listen to a, a, a sped up YouTube video on the summary of the book. Then I'll you know, speed up the audible version. I got through three, four books this weekend. I have notes on all of it. I've disseminated those notes to my team so that everyone learns, right? And then that one book now is multiplied across 40 people. Right. So so that's how we raise the wisdom of our of our, you know, our tribe. Right. OK, so personal agenda, personal agenda, personal agenda, personal agenda, personal agenda, personal agenda, personal what? Agenda. Personal what? Agenda. 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 OK. I, I am making a bold claim here. Thank you. I'm making a bold claim here. If you enter, if any of us enter 2022 without a clear personal agenda, gosh, would that be such a missed opportunity? I mean, I, I just hope, I hope that this, this one aha has an impact on you, right? So, Let's talk about how do we take that personal agenda and codify it, okay? Well, we have quarterly, weekly, and daily, and an annual codification of the personal agenda. So 
I need everyone to have a financial agenda. Every single person, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, a personal financial agenda and then a business financial agenda. Right? How does that start? Well, in business, it starts with what is your gross revenue going to be? And then your net profit decision, not cross my fingers and hope we profit 20%. No, your net profit decision. We want to do, let's say we want to do a million. We want to profit 200,000. That's a 20% margin. That would leave your expenses at 800,000. Pretty simple. 800,000 divided by 12 is $66,600 per month. Let's say it's $67,000 per month. That means that your overall budget for your business is $67,000 per month. So you want to do a million dollars per year. You want to profit 20% of that in your business. So your budget is 800K per year or 67K per month. Now, most people, now notice what did we just do? We took a goal. Now we're going closer to commitment territory. Okay, I have to spend $800,000 in 2022 in order for this goal to be real. I'm already thinking like how I would have to, to spend 800K in a year. To, to me, three years ago, that would sound like a lot. Or four years ago, that would sound like a lot. You're like, why? How? I, don't, I didn't even make 400 grand in my business, uh, you know, four years ago. How would I spend 800? Right? So the question is, how are you going to resource allocate that 800? Okay. You're going to invest a portion of that into yourself, which is the most important investment for businesses doing under a million. And it remains the most important investment actually constantly, right? So number one portion of that is what you invest in yourself. Number two is what you invest in your business. You shouldn't be worried about external investments, Bitcoin and all this crap. Don't worry about that stuff until you're way well past a million because you need to invest internally in your business, in your own apparatus. It is not time for external investments until you have proven out your core concept. Number one investment is in yourself. Okay. And as soon as you make a financial, so, so that's, that's the whole concept of, of you for those running businesses, for those who are not running a business, you need a personal income target, right? And that personal income target also needs a budget attached to it. The budget can be for, you know, personal expenses, living expenses, et cetera. But what's way more important than the, than the downside, 
meaning the expenses, is setting a big enough target on the upside. Because you can't micromanage your way to wealth. So I want everyone, and I asked you to do this last week, put a zero after whatever goal it is you just wrote down or say it out loud to yourself. What, what, would, what was your 2022 goal? And just put a zero after it real quick. And, at, and then look at that number. Inspect that number. Don't commit to that number. But ask, if I just think about, maybe I work, this is quiet time. This is strategic thinking, alone, notebook, Excel spreadsheet, just you, nobody else. And you think, hmm, how could I do this? How could I, if the zero is after, this need to change, this need to change. And then maybe you can step back and, and go, okay, what if I just got halfway between my goal I had and where I added the zero? What if I just got a quarter of the way there? Could I do it? Well, oh yeah, I could. I mean, based on what I just wrote down on this adding a zero plan, yeah, if I just did that one thing, it would add 25%. Okay, great. Now we found your true barometer for your goal for 2022. Still maybe challenge you a little and go, could I, could I go even higher? Make sense of it, man. Boom. Then once you've made sense of it, you, the commitment becomes the commitment. Now, this is the scary part about commitment. As soon as you know what you need to spend to go where you need to go on either personal development, coaches, mentors, advertising, payroll, you know, hiring freelancers to help you with stuff, to delegate stuff. By the way, every single person here, you could hire a freelancer on Upwork.com in Philippines, Bangladesh, etc., that can just manage all of your day-to-day -day. personal assistant that can just manage your, your email can manage scheduling every single thing in your life for, you know, a very low price. But I bring that up because when, once the goal is big and clear, the question is, are you able to commit now, which means Spend that money now before the upside has occurred. Right? That's called willing and able. Well, when you're, when you're creating the plan, you're understanding you are able. Right? Your, your, your ability is the plan. It's, it's the writing down of how this goal is actually going to get done. Willing is a whole different side of the equation. Are you willing and able? Now, I say this for dramatic effect, but and, and I say this in a million and one ways every single week. But if you are not willing, scrap the goal. Don't lie to yourself. Just actually say, remember, the subconscious mind is super powerful. Own up to it. Say, yeah, I am not willing to spend X on my personal development. Therefore, 
I shouldn't expect to gain the skills that I need in order to reach the income target and business target that I have. Therefore, I should reduce the target and go back to the way I've been doing things. Because if nothing new happens, nothing new happens. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Anyone ever hear that before? Right? Nothing changes, nothing changes. I love that saying. Commitments are in the wallet or the calendar. Now, courage is also a currency, right? Courage is a currency. Meaning, if you go and reach out to that one person that you need as a mentor, and you're not spending money on that person, that takes courage. That is currency. Right? So the, the, the key is to get so clear on the financial upside. I'm going to make a million dollars in 2022. I'm going to make $500,000 in 2022. I'm going to make $100 million in 2022. We calculate, if you're in business, what percent of that is going to be kept, i.e. profit. Similar equation can apply to personal finances. Then what is my budget? And the budget has to be spent in advance of realizing the returns. That's why there's so many, that's why there's such barrier to entry in, 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 in entrepreneurship, right? The, the need for predictability, right? That's why, you know, the people at Goldman Sachs, the, the guys, you know, making 800 grand a year, usually don't leave to start their own business. People making 60 grand a year don't leave to start their own business. Now, not everyone should start their own business. Intrapreneurship, there have been more millionaires made within companies. More millionaires have been made within existing organizations than self-made entrepreneurs have made. There is more opportunity within a company that is on a growth trajectory than there is on your own. There is a higher chance you will become successful finding the right platform, meaning the right business to be with. If you're working in a business where you're the, you're the smartest person in the room, you know, you should be changing the business or you should be starting your own, right? If you're cut out for it. And it's not black and white. You can create businesses within a business. You can partner with someone within the business that you work in. You can come up with new ideas. Remember, every person either is an entrepreneur or works for an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is society. It's everywhere. You understanding entrepreneurship is literally the number one priority for you in business because you work for one or you are one. So that means if, if, you know, if you have an idea that can 
grow the business you're currently in, you should give that to the owner of the business. You should not hold that back. So annual plan starts with what money you're going to make and then multiply what, what's going to be your keep, what, what, how much you keep, and then what's your budget, which is the difference between those two. Okay. Step two, after you have your revenue, your budget, and your net profit number in an Excel sheet, private thinking time, then we have to go through revenue sources, right? So for us, we run a hybrid event, uh, a, a sales team and event model where we have a sales team and then we have a events side of our business. So we went through and we made projections based on the quarterly events that we run. How much revenue do we intend to do from event one, event two, event three, event four, our in-person event, and then event five and event six in uh, the last quarter of the year. Okay, those are our event numbers, right? Then we have to go to, okay, what are what is our sales team numbers, right? And how much do we expect our sales team to do? Doesn't need to be this complicated if you don't have as big a team. Right. If it's just you and a few people or whatever. And by the way, those of you who are employees, like bring this to your boss. I mean, this would be the most amazing thing ever. Right. Bringing to to your boss. But um, planning out revenue sources. So events, sales through events, sales through evergreen stuff, meaning how many sales do we expect to make through our ongoing Facebook ads campaigns and ongoing email marketing? How much do we expect to make through our sales teams booked consultations, right? What is a, how many leads do we need? How many appointments scheduled do we need? What is the expected close rate on those appointments? What is the average deal value? What is the average time to close on each of them? What lead metrics, lead metrics, which is from the book, Four Disciplines of Execution, very, very good book probably one of the best on business management. Number one in my eyes is winning by Jack Welsh. Um, and four disciplines of execution is definitely within the top, top six. Um, lead metrics. Lead metrics are things that you would know in advance of a heart attack happening, if that makes sense. Right? So it's not like, you know, a lot of people run their businesses like, oh crap, heart attack's happening over here. Let's go solve, oh, another heart attack, let's go solve, right? Well, what if you already knew, hey, if these three numbers go off, heart attack is 80% likely. Let's do preventative measures to prevent the heart attack from happening in the first place, right? That's a lead metric. So a lead metric to our sales goal is, on our event side, is how many people are registering for our events and how many people are showing up. Those are the two key lead metrics. Another key lead metric is how much are we spending per consult, uh, per webinar registrant or per event registrant? Those, if you give me those three numbers, I can know in advance whether the event's gonna work. Sales team, I need to know how many requested consults are in the calendar, how many actually attend, and I need to know uh, time to close. Those are the three top lead metrics in our business, right? 
this is how, and then we, and then, you know, also what, how, what products do we want to sell? Right? So there's the sources of the revenue, which are the events, the sales team, the evergreen funnels, et cetera. But then the separate side of it is what do we want to sell? This is what I call business model design, right? Where you have to think to yourself, okay, well this year, I want to stop selling X product or service because every time I sell X product or service, it creates a huge headache for me. It's not scalable. It's a complete pain in the butt. I hate dealing with clients of this nature. So I want to actually change what I'm selling this year. Right? So that's business model design. Right? And you want to actually start going and revisualizing, okay, well, if 20% of my sales come from this piece of my business right now, what would that look like if I reduced that down to 10%? And then how would I compensate for the other pieces of my business or areas in which I want to innovate, right? And my low ticket offers and my high ticket offers, how do I want to DJ my business model? Personal agenda. This is a high leverage personal agenda item. What are you going to sell and in what quantities? Right? So, again, annual plan, Excel spreadsheet, revenue, budget, profit, revenue sources, right? Product suite by percentage, how much do you want to sell of each product based on its scalability, profitability, and headache factor, right? And then the magical part comes, which is your resource allocation plan, which is how much do I have to spend on payroll, freelancers, okay, people, your people expense. How much do I need to spend on marketing, both internal marketing team and external advertisements or freelancers, payroll, marketing, personal development. It's pretty simple. That is your annual plan. Katie, I know you had a, uh, Kate, I know you had a question. Did you want to, uh, oop, she here? You with me, oh, Kate? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, um, I, I was like laughing as you were talking because we're going through this right now with my team and putting together our strategic plan. And my team and I, we're, we get really focused on the, the data. Like we're looking at all the metrics with the sales. And so I actually had written down, I'm trying to figure out like the best way once, you know, we have our number, right? Like we have our revenue goal. We have what you're talking about, breaking it down into all the different categories of what we do um, and where we want to be in each of those categories. And then we... Uh, for say regarding sales, like I was curious to know, do you have a sales team structure? Like what, like I wrote down um, earlier this week, you know, what are the metrics that we need to be focused on versus those that are just distractions? Because when we get into our CRM, it's like, it's so cool. There's all these new, there's all these data we can look at, but what really matters? So I'm thinking when we have a sales team, like a little 30 minute a week, Hey, what's going on? Where are the opportunities? What are we going to close? That kind of thing. Do you have like a structured, like what's a good check in for a sales team to kind of make sure you're hitting those marks? Oh yeah. Great question. Uh, and I I've spent a lot of time and money learning this. So here's the structure. Um, so basically 
the sales team needs standards, right? And this is this is so important for all of us who have convinced ourselves we're the only person who can sell our product or service, which is complete lunacy. And you don't have an actual business if if you're the only one who can sell the product. It's a personal services corporation, as it talks about in the book Think and Grow Rich. Um, so we all need to figure out how to create a scalable sales system for our business. Step one of that is to learn how to sell one to many. So you can take your message and then, you know, you, instead of doing one on one, you can now do it one in front of a thousand people plus or hundred. Right. And then the, the next step is after you learn how to do one to many, the next step is to learn how to scale the sales function in an organization through hiring salespeople. Here's exactly how you do that. First, the number one most important thing is uh, and, and I'm, and I'm kind of zooming out, but the, the most important thing is recording successful sales conversations, right? That becomes the training materials for the person you're going to hire, right? So, so that, that's step one. And the owner doing sales is actually a productive activity if everything's recorded and everything is, becomes training materials, right? So, so after that, after you've recorded some successful sales interactions, you have sales decks put together, um, you have clear, uh, clear and concise offers, then we want to uh, set up a cadence where the sales team every single day is held accountable to doing sales training every single day. They must show proof of the fact that they did sales training every single day. B, they must do what's called level one role play every single day. Level one role play is where two salespeople get on Zoom and they role play with each other on objections, the offer, et cetera, right? And it's recorded and there needs to be full accountability there. And then um, there's there's obviously the structure. So the training and role play accountability is absolutely vital. And then setting standards around tracking everything. If, if the sales team is not using a CRM properly, everything gets, you know, kind of everything gets messed up, right? So there needs to be requirements as to how calls are tracked um, so that, you know, how calls are tracked, how deals are tracked, what minimum requirements are needed for the salesperson to update information in the CRM, right? And then all of that gives you your ability to create clear data as to how long is it taking to close a deal, which is such an important metric that's called time to close, right? So uh, average deal value, pipeline, touch points, connections, uh, average talk time, all this stuff is, is I, I love the sales, the sales function because it's so trackable. So all of these things can, can be tracked as lead metrics, which eventually will lead to the, the end of the day sales numbers. Then you need to determine, does there need to be a BDR? And then does there need to be a closer, right? So BDR, business development representative, this is the person responsible for setting appointments, right? So uh, we, we have a team of, of BDRs um, that, that work with us and, you know, they can take a list of 80 contacts and turn it into, you know, an average of 14 booked appointments per week. So that's all BDRs. The skills it takes for a BDR to set appointments is completely different than the skills it takes for a closer 
which is the different, which is the higher level, more ex- like more experienced salesperson um, to close a high ticket deal, right? So, so there needs to be a BDR and there needs to be a closer, right? Another huge rule of thumb is never hire one salesperson. Always hire salespeople in batches of two or three, right? Because when you hire one salesperson, the, the highest churn piece of a business is sales, right? Most people don't last in a sales position. So you have to pre-budget for that. You have to hire two or three salespeople at once. Um, and then you, and then the competitiveness between them will actually raise their results. And then you'll be able to see more, more quickly who is actually cut out for this. Right. Um, so that, that's another kind of principle. Um, and then obviously, um, the, the, the last thing that kind of comes to mind on this is obviously enforcing culture because salespeople are the first line of defense, quote unquote, for your brand, right? So a good salesperson that ruins your brand is actually a terrible salesperson because it's going to, you know, so we have let go of our absolute top performers um, just for culture reasons um, because of, you know, things that were said on the phone that were a no-go and, and you have to be extremely militant as soon as you know you really start pumping on a sales function no amount of skill is worth ruining your brand and there needs to be extreme clarity that if x happens you will be terminated immediately like there is no discussion like there's i don't care how high of a performer you are and what's amazing is when you put your foot down for stuff like this medium level performers become all stars. Um, so there, there's a lot to this, but at the end of the day, um, you gotta be, you know, my, my viewpoint is you have to be extremely strict um, when delegating the sales function. And I am now at the top of the half hour. So I am out of time. Uh, awesome, awesome question. Uh, I really do need to do questions more often because I'm able to uh, help really smart people like Kate um, put stuff like this together. So I'm, I'm at the end of my session. My name is Bill Hauser. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.